0: excited about this series that we are in. This is part three. Um, I was on vacation last week, so I didn't get to teach part two, but I was a part of the preparation for week number two. Um, Let me just tell you, here are some things that are important to me. I, I want justice. That's just something I want because if somebody does something wrong, especially if they do something wrong to me, I want justice. I want it to be made right. If someone um, has been uh, unfairly treated, especially if it was me that was unfairly treated, I want that to be made right. Here's something else that I want. I want people who are at fault to accept blame. I, I really want that. I want them to take responsibility for what they did, especially if it hurt me. I want that. So here's what I'm getting at. I think for me, I think that things need to be made right. That's something that's important to me. And until things are made right, if someone has hurt me, if they have injured me, if they have hurt my feelings, if they have even hurt me in other ways, then that person owes me something. That's the way I feel about that. They are now in my debt. And let me tell you something else about me. I I have trouble letting that go. I have real trouble letting that go. If somebody is in my debt, I have trouble letting that go. I I may not be alone. I think a lot of people may be that way. So let me clarify something for you. Um, Now, some of this information has been taken from uh, a Christ-following Counselor, his name is Dr. David Stoop. He wrote a book that was called "Forgiving what You'll Never Forget." He wrote this uh, um, almost ten years ago, and this book he he tracks in one portion of this the process of moving toward bitterness and, and I want to kind of describe this using my life to see if any of this sounds familiar to you in your life. So when a wound occurs, in other words somebody has hurt me somehow, um I have then I move into this motion of uh, I kind of tell and retell that offense over and over in my mind and it can get to the point where I obsess over that information of just telling and retelling that hurt how that person hurt me until I finally make a choice Dr. David Stoop says I get to the point where I will then level an accusation against that person And I will accuse them of what they did to hurt me and to harm me. And then I begin this process. He describes as... Um, similar to this, this is this is a description I've kind of added. I, I move into this phase where I begin to fill out for that person an IOU. So I brought some IOU, IOUs with me this morning, and I, I begin to fill that out to so that I have a record. I, I don't literally do it, but this is this is what happens. We we kind of fill out an IOU, and this IOU is going to state. In my mind, it's going to state who they are, and it's going to state the offense that they have, what they have done to me, um, what that person took from me. It's going to be included in this IOU that I write out. And then I'm going to include what that person's going to need to do to pay me back. I never really give this to them. This obviously, this is something I carry around in my own mind. What they took from me and what they're going to have to do in order to pay me back. I do this in life, and we don't use real IOUs. We just kind of carry this information with us. And Dr. David Stoop says a lot of us do this. This is pretty much a human condition. And here's what happens as I accumulate IOU after IOU after IOU, eventually. I end up with a lot of baggage, a whole lot of baggage. I'm left carrying a backpack, a backpack full of these IOUs. I just carry them around and I just continue to write them out when I've been, when someone has hurt me or offended me and I just continue to stuff my backpack filled to capacity with these things over the years. I'm sure I'm going to trip on that. Let me set this over here. So, because I care about what's happened to me and I care about the fact that there is now a debt that somebody owes. Someone has taken something from me and now they owe me something. And so I am sitting there usually waiting on them to pay me back. I don't go after them for payment. I'm just waiting on them to pay me back. And that's going to lead me to isolate. It's going to lead me to withdraw. Now, while I might not uh, approach them and ask them to pay me back, Whatever that offense was. Another option I have, I I could just kind of go after subtly and try to get revenge somehow. Try to get even somehow. Me try to even things out because of what they took from me. But either case, if I'm sitting back waiting on them to pay me back or if I'm going after them trying to get revenge somehow to make things even, I am still going to have the same result. I'm going to be isolated and I'm going to withdraw. And finally, when non-payment happens, and it's certainly going to happen, finally, I become bitter. And that's the process that Dr. David Stoop describes. And over time, that bitterness kind of eats away at me. And it begins to consume me. And as it's left unchecked, it slowly begins to destroy me. And so here we are, all of us, with our own giant stack and growing stack of IOUs. And as I look through some of these, man, some of these IOUs that I've been carrying and stuffing around in my bags are decades old. I mean, decades old. And and there are things that I haven't let go and there are things that I haven't forgotten. And most people who are in my stack of IOUs, they have no idea that they're in there. Now think with me for just a moment. Think about the IOUs that you have written out for people in your life. Think about the IOUs that you're carrying around. I mean, it may go back to a high school boyfriend or girlfriend. It may go back to another boyfriend or girlfriend. It might be from coworkers, things they've said, things they didn't say that you wanted them to say, things they did. It might be a coworker that got a promotion that you were hoping to get. It may be a coworker that kind of sabotaged you with other coworkers. It was something they said or something they did. It might be an ex pastor or an ex-church person, or an ex-wife, or an ex-husband. we got lots of different kinds of exes in our life, and it may be some kind of ex in your life. Think with me for a moment. You may have a bunch of IOUs for your parents. Students, you might have some for your parents. Adults, you might have some from growing up. You might have a stack of IOUs that you've stuffed in your bags just from growing up. And as a result, anyone who has injured, think about this for a moment. What about someone who has injured someone you really care about? Parents, what if someone has said something or done something to your child? Wow. We'll write out IOUs on behalf of people we love too, right? I've got a bunch of those too. The ones that we're holding for someone else we love. All of these are debts, ultimately, that really can never be repaid. See, regardless of who you talk to, regardless of who you run into, we all have some kind of IOU that we've written out for somebody. We all share that experience. As a result, over the course of years, we one day look and we realize that we've been carrying around a stack of these IOUs. It's the human condition. And it's kind of normal. It's the typical thing. It's the way we live. And the way we treat those offenses, well, usually that's pretty typical as well. Now, last week, that's about where we ended the teaching last week. We kind of left you hanging last week. We ended by talking about how we all have some pretty legitimate reasons for being angry at people who have hurt us. Because we have been hurt. That is the truth. And so often that hurt has moved from hurt and it's moved on into bitterness because we've got some IOUs. We've got some baggage that we carry around. And since most of us have quite a few IOUs, here's what begins to happen. As we develop some bitterness for one particular IOU, do you know what happens? That bitterness doesn't just kind of stay there with one single little bit of bitterness for whatever is on this aisle. That bitterness goes into our backpack or goes into our stack and it finds another place where we're bitter. And that bitterness kind of joins forces and that bitterness grows. See, that's the thing about bitterness. Bitterness doesn't want to be a feeling in our lives. Not something that I just experience individually, just some bitterness. No, no, It wants to be the consuming feeling in our lives. And bitterness has me thinking about what happened and joining with other bitterness out of my bag of IOUs or my stack of IOUs. And it joins up and it has me thinking and rethinking and obsessing until finally that's all I can think about. And every time I do think about this, I am hurt all over again as if it just happened. Every time I do, I'm hurt again. We're going to be looking at two verses this morning, uh, or two passages. And the first one is the one we used last week. So this first one really is just a springboard to get us to the second one. So according to Paul, we talked about this last week, there is a solution for this bitterness that I begin to carry. But it's not easy, and it's not natural, and it is not intuitive, It's not intuitive. And in fact, the solution goes against everything that I know and that I have experienced in this world. But according to Paul, it works. And Paul wrote um, about this one way to defeat bitterness. And we used the word last week. And here's the word he used. The word is forgiveness. Forgiveness. And here's what Paul had to say. I want to read this to you. Here's what he had to say about forgiveness. It's in Ephesians chapter four, verse 32. Paul wrote, he said, instead. So let me pause there. Instead of doing what I want to do, Instead of responding the way I want to respond when I'm hurt, instead of seeking retribution, instead of seeking revenge, instead of doing what everybody else around me might do when they're hurt, Paul says instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Meaning the only way to get my heart tender again after it has been hurt and potentially hardened. The only way to get my heart healed from the past is to eliminate bitterness. And Paul says through forgiveness. Now the word here that is used for forgiveness, this word is, uh, it, it is an amazing word. And it is Uh, It is much bigger than maybe what we think, because this word forgiveness, and I think we mentioned this, I think they mentioned this last week, this word for forgiveness is laced with the concept of grace. So in other words, Paul is saying this forgiveness we're talking about is grace-laced forgiveness. Meaning, what Paul is talking about can't happen without grace. Now, this is where we begin to push back because, if you're anything like me at least, because we begin to think about grace, okay, well, yeah, but they don't deserve it. This word. Forgiveness gives us another picture, and we're going to cover that in a moment. But before we do, I, I want to give us a, a serious um, disclaimer. Because forgiveness is very different from another word that they often get put together. Forgiveness and reconciliation. Now, these are two very different words, and they are They have some relationship with each other, but they are separate. These are completely different topics. They're just related. The Bible addresses both. They're just related, but they are separate. And you might ask, well, Harley, why are you making a big deal out of this? Why why are you highlighting the fact that these are different? And here's why. Because what we're talking about today with Forgiveness, we understand that potentially in our lives, there might be a ton of tension related to us talking about forgiveness. Because you very possibly have a serious wound in your life, in your heart. And when I talk about forgiveness, if you attach the word reconciliation to that, then you might misunderstand what we're talking about today. Because what we're talking about today are not forgiveness attached to reconciliation. Today we're talking about forgiveness. And we're setting reconciliation off to the side. Because we can have forgiveness Without reconciliation. So here's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to put you in a position where you think that what we're going to be talking about here, what Cole is talking about in Stuttgart, that we're trying to say that you want when you forgive somebody, that you have to give them access to your life again. Or you have to give them an all-access pass the way maybe they had at one time. Or you you might think that we're saying that through forgiveness that they have to have any access into your life. And we're not saying that. These are two separate issues. So this morning, we're talking about forgiveness. We're focusing on forgiveness. We're not, this morning, even addressing reconciliation. So I say that to maybe just in this moment to set your heart at ease. So as we begin talking about this word forgiveness, as we begin talking about it, you don't have to attach that to reconciliation. That's another topic for another day. This morning, we can freely talk about forgiveness, isolated from reconciliation. So this morning, nor any other morning, are we going to say that reconciliation must happen for whatever wound that you're feeling right now. That's not our topic today. That's not what we're saying today. We're only talking about forgiveness, not reconciliation, but when it comes to forgiveness, God's Spirit, through Paul, tells us it is the cure for bitterness. It is the only way to fight bitterness. So let's try to understand a little bit more about this thing called forgiveness. Now forgiveness in this term that we're using it, so here's where we go back to what Paul was saying. Not only is it this graced, laced forgiveness, but it's also kind of a banking term. In fact, the primary word that is most often used in the new covenant for forgiveness is related to a banking term, kind of like gives us the picture of forgiving a loan. All right, forgiving a loan, Uh, because by forgiving a loan, what happens to the debt? The debt is canceled. So now we're going to move to another passage that where Paul is once again, talking about forgiveness. And this is going to be our focal passage for today. So we're all caught up. I want to read this to you. This is in, uh, this is Paul. He's writing a letter to the, uh, to the Colossians. And here's what he has to say in Colossians chapter two, verse 13. Paul says, you were dead, Because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. So think about it from this standpoint. Every time we have blown it in life, there has been an IOU written out for us. And we have become the debtor and God is holding the IOU. So he's got a lot for me. So the name would be hardly. The offense, mm, numerous. And he there's the offense. And what do we owe? There would be, here's what we owe for that offense. So he says, you were dead because of your sins, because of all of these IOUs that had been written out on our behalf against God, uh, that that God is holding, and they're against us. God is holding them. He says, because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then he says, but that's not the end of the story. Then God made you alive in Christ, for he forgave. So here's this banking term, this grace-laced forgiveness. He gave, so he forgave all your sins. God canceled a debt that I owed. He canceled it. Now, this is important. That debt still exists. The debt did not go away. The debt still exists but I no longer owe what he says I owed. It still exists, but I don't owe it. And Paul said, I don't owe it because, what he used the phrase, because I was made alive with Christ. But here's the question, how? So if I'm made alive in Christ, how does that happen? What does that mean? How is that debt canceled? Because if, Harley, you're saying the debt still exists, exist, what happens to the debt? What goes on? What's happening? What does it mean I was made alive in Christ? How have I then been forgiven if the debt still exists? How does all of that work? So that's what we're going to talk about. To explain it, Paul helps us with these banking terms. IOUs with debts, debts here's, here's, here's what he says. So in the very next, let me read this again. You were dead in your sins because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive in Christ for he forgave all your sin. He goes on verse 14. He erased the certificate of debt. So there's the banking term. He erased the certificate of debt with its obligations. In other words, meaning here's what the offense I made and then here how is how I was obligated to pay God back for that offense and he erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us me and was opposed to us so he erases it he takes it away but here's here's part of the point For him to erase it, it doesn't just like disappear. The debt is real. The debt exists. It doesn't go away. And he's holding this, and I can't pay it. Even if I wanted to pay it, even if I tried to pay it, the problem is I can't pay it. I cannot pay that. I cannot undo what I did. I can't go backwards and undo it because it's been done. As I was growing up in Little Rock (laughs) in the late 70s, the phrase was, I done did it. I couldn't undo it. I can't go back. It's not just that even if I started today and worked the rest of my life, I can't unbreak what is broken. I cannot give back to God what I took from God when I sinned. I can't undo it. Even if I wanted to, I can't do it. I can never repay this debt that God holds. Against me. And because God demands perfection, and He does, I can't make perfect what is already imperfect. I can't unmess up what I have already messed up. So let me go back to verse 14. He erased the certificate of debt. With its obligations that was against us and opposed to us, and has taken it out of the way. What has he taken? Because here's my point. When this debt is erased, that's kind of, he's given us this banking term. Something has to happen to that debt. If we are going to default, on a bank note, a bank loan, a debt we have with the bank, somebody's paying that debt, right? It doesn't just go away. Somebody is paying that debt. And here Paul is saying, that God through Jesus is going to take this debt and he's going to do something with it because I can't see the debt still exists. Even if he takes it away, then he's holding the debt. If we're at the bank and we default on a loan, the bank holds the debt. They pay for the debt. It's going to get paid for. someone else is going to have to pay that price, pay that debt every single time. And in this case, Paul is saying that has to happen because we cannot. We literally cannot pay God back. We cannot make up for, we can't do it. And Paul is describing how Jesus picks up, all the debts that are against us, all the debts that are against the world, and he picks them up and he takes them because we can't. And here's this banking concept. All of these debts that were on my account. Jesus picks them up and he places them on his account. He takes them off of my books. He erases them off of my books. And he puts them on his books. Wow and here's how we did it by nailing them to the cross so i'm going to read this again verse 14 he erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us that was opposed to us And he has taken them out of the way by nailing them, nailing it, the debt, the obligation, nailing it to the cross. So the truth is, these debts had to be paid just not by us because we are not capable of paying these debts. So Paul says he canceled those by nailing them to the cross. It was at that moment that Jesus picked up more IOUs because he didn't just take mine, my offenses. He took Your offenses, your offenses, and your offenses. He took the offenses of the entire world and he nailed them to the cross. And in that moment, Jesus had more IOUs in his hands and in his life and on his life than I have ever written out for people who have offended me. He had more and in fact every one of those where people offended me he had an iou written out for them too <laughs> he took them all he took absolutely all of them now what's the what's the implication why is this important here's why this is important because this is how we move on this is where we're going to pivot okay this is an important pivot don't lo- don't let me lose you here Our forgiveness of others, the IOUs that I have written out for others, our forgiveness of others always flows from our forgiveness. It always flows. See, humanly speaking, forgiveness is not something that develops and starts with me. Forgiveness is not something that I have to come up with, that I have to uh, pull together. It's not something I have to create, that I have to, it doesn't start with me. Humanly speaking, it's not something I can manufacture. Because we can't. We can't do this. This goes completely against our broken human nature. See, forgiveness doesn't flow from us. It flows to us and it flows then through us. This is what we must understand. It doesn't start with me. It comes to me because I have been forgiven by God and then that flows through me. Or we have an alternative. So often we take this alternative forgiveness flows to us and it stops thereby not allowing it to go through us. You see the picture forgiveness is for us in this broken state is unnatural and it's confusing and it doesn't jive with the way that we see and view and look at and live in the world. And it makes us wonder things like, uh, well, am am I just supposed to ignore what they did? Am I just supposed to forget about what they've done to me, what they did to my kids? Am I just supposed to forget about what they did to my kids? Am I just supposed to forget it and just pretend it didn't happen? Am I supposed to just cover it up maybe? And so just pretend like everything's okay on the outside, but on the inside, anger and bitterness is boiling on the inside. Is that what I'm supposed to do? Because that's what usually happens, right, if we're being honest. But throughout Scripture, God is letting us, letting us know. And, and it, you know, I, I think it's something that, that secular counseling, may I don't know how long they've understood this, but they are understanding it as well that the only way to freedom from the bad effects of our past, the only way to put to rest the issues of our past is through canceling the debt. Because let's face it, they can never give me back, and they can never give you back what they've taken from you. They can't do it. Even if they wanted to, they can't. And no, it is not fair. And no, it is not just according to the way that we understand just justice. It's not. And the reason why it feels like we're giving them something they don't deserve is because we absolutely are. But while we are giving them something they don't deserve, we are giving ourselves something we do deserve. When we forgive, we're giving ourselves freedom from the effects of this past. Forgiveness not only frees them from the debt, forgiveness frees us. Forgiveness is a form of (laughs) self-care. I know that's a strange word for us. I know that statement sounds selfish, self-care. And I know that statement sounds like it came directly out of a self-help book. And I know what I'm getting ready to tell you about self-care is a little bit trite. But it is so clear, I I can't think of a better way to describe it. So I'm going to use this example to help us understand self-care. The last time you stepped on an airplane and you sat down, buckled your seatbelt, depending on your personality, you may have or may not have listened (laughs) to everything that the flight attendant was telling you about safety. But they will always say that if the O2 mask drops, they will always tell you to put your mask on first before you help your child put on their mask. And that's not selfish. Not at all. It's actually rational because you have to take care of yourself first so that you can then help take care of them. Because if you don't do that, if you don't take care of that first, then you cannot help them. You will become consumed. You will become overwhelmed. And you will be overtaken. So this word self-care is not selfishness. Here's what selfishness says. Selfishness says, I'm going to take care of me and I don't care about you. That's selfishness. Self-care says, I have to pause and take care of something in myself so that I can take care of you. So here's a question that might come up. Well, how much wiggle room? would they, Okay, so maybe we're stuck here on this whole forgiveness thing. How much wiggle room do we really have if we're a Christ follower? How much wiggle room? Now, if you're not a believer this morning, if you're not a Christ follower, then you actually have quite a bit of wiggle room this morning. You, you have all new rules to your fight club. None of these rules apply. But if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, well, the New Testament, the New Covenant is clear. Who do we forgive? And it says, we forgive everyone. We forgive anyone. And then when we ask, okay, well, how much wiggle room do we have? How often do we have to forgive them? And as we look in the New Covenant, we find out that the answer is every single time. And you may be wondering, well, hardly are there any loopholes? Because certainly, certainly God understands. Certainly there's got to be some loopholes. Surely there's some kind of list we can go to that says, if they do ah this, but if they do this, then we don't have to forgive them. Surely that is in there. But according to Jesus, there are no loopholes. The issue is not, what did they do to you? That's our issue though, right? But God is saying, no, no, that's not, that's not the issue of what they did. It's not the issue of how many times they hurt us. It's not the issue of, uh, do they deserve forgiveness? That's not the issue. The issue is not, do you wait to forgive them until they have said they're sorry and they have repented? Nope, that's not even the issue as well. The issue is only How do we respond to the grace that God gives us in our lives? Do we show mercy because he has shown us mercy? Do we have grace for them because he had grace for us? Those are the questions. Again, what did they do? They took away something from you. They may have taken your peace of mind. They may have taken your innocence. I don't know what they've taken from you, but it's on the IOU. They took something away from you that belonged to you. Peace, joy, dignity. And now they owe you something. That's why we have the IOU. So you write out the IOU. But just like we could never repay God ever, they cannot ever repay you. They will never be able to pay for that IOU. If you're waiting on them to pay you back, they can't. And forgiveness, as we understand it, explained in Scripture, is us releasing them from this debt. It's not saying or pretending that this debt doesn't exist, that they never did that, that it didn't happen. I don't believe that we're actually commanded for us as humans to forget about the debt. Somehow God, in the way God is and how he is, maybe he does It's not saying that we have to pretend it didn't happen. It's not saying that we have to forget that it happened. Forgiveness as explained in scripture is simply releasing them from the debt and we're commanded to release them from the debt. We're commanded to cancel it. We're commanded to look at this IOU and to come to the conclusion that this person no longer owes me anything. The debt is there. It's real. It happened. I don't have to pretend it didn't, but we come to the conclusion they no longer owe me anything. I'm no longer going to wait on them to pay me back. Think about it this way. If I was in a tug of war with Vance and Nathan, and they're on this end of the stage, and I'm on this end of the stage, and we're in a tug of war. Because they're thinking one direction, and I'm thinking this direction. And those they're strong guys, and they're getting stronger. They could probably beat me but they're thinking this way and they're pulling this way and I'm pulling this way and I'm thinking this way. And as long as we're pulling against each other, there is a war. But as soon as I decide to drop my end of the rope, the war ends, the war's over. It doesn't matter how much they keep tugging. I'm no longer part of that war. It's no longer my war. No matter how they respond to it, it's no longer my war. I've released my end of the rope. The war is over. If you've released the debt, the war is over for you. No matter how they respond. That's what forgiveness does. It ends the war for you. No matter their decisions. Because, you see, we can't control what they do and their decisions and what they choose. In fact, we aren't supposed to control what they do. But while we're not called to control them, we are called to self-control. To remain self-controlled. And see, unforgiveness? Unforgiveness leads to a lack of self-care, which in turn leads to a lack of self-control. I've often thought that when I am exhibiting self-control, I am the best of who God created me to be. That's the best of me. When I am living in self-control that is the best hardly possible this side of heaven. When I'm living in self-control. But if I'm focused on controlling you. If I'm trying to control your life and if and and that happens When I've written out a debt for you and I'm waiting on you to repay me, I'm trying to control you into paying me back something you can never pay me back. And while I'm focusing on controlling you and this bitterness is starting to come in and starting to raise up inside my life in the event that that happens, I am the worst of what God created me to be. It's the worst Harley. When I am exhibiting self-control, that's the best Harley, the best of, of who I am and who I've been created to live and, and how. And but when I'm trying to control you, and 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 this bitterness is rising up inside of me, I am living my worst life. I should probably make two lists. This is Harley. When God's spirit is is helping me have self-control. And this is the best Harley. This is my best life. This is what it looks like. And I should probably make another list that says this is the worst of Harley when he's trying to control others. And when, when bitterness has crept in, when my anger over these debts has turned to bitterness and it's turned to me trying to control your life. This is the worst of me. I should probably make that list too. Because I know from my experience, bitterness and unforgiveness always Puts the worst Harley out front. And once again, we're not talking about reconciliation. We can, with good conscience, as a Christ-following person, remove ourselves from the reach of someone else with boundaries. We can do that. Self-control allows for boundaries. Forgiveness does not give another person freedom to cross over those boundaries. But if I stay stuck... Holding on to these IOUs, if I keep just living my life, waiting on them to say that they're sorry, waiting on them to take the blame, waiting on them to take responsibility for what they did and how they hurt me, if I just keep holding on to these, waiting on them, then I am allowing them to hurt me longer, over, And over and over again because I'm waiting on them to fix it. I've given them the power over my life and how my day's gonna go and how I'm gonna live. I've just handed it to them. So, what's the point? No matter their choices, I can walk all of this out. With God. They may not even know I have an IOU written out for them. That's okay. I can walk this out with God because I have been forgiven by Him. And because God's forgiveness flows to me, I can allow God's Spirit to help forgiveness flow through me. And according to Jesus, I may never be more like the image of God than when I forgive. And here's the best part of forgiveness (laughs) they don't even have to be involved. The person may not even be alive, but they don't have to be involved. They don't, but God does. They may may never know that you had written out a stack of IOUs for that person. They may never know that this debt has been forgiven, but you'll know. Forgiveness is so significant and it is so central to following Jesus that we have devoted a significant part of this series called Fight Club to Forgiveness. Last week, uh, the first week, I I hope uh, this series builds. I hope if you've missed any of the previous weeks, I would love it if you would go back and listen. The first week set it all up. It's so important. The second week then flows from that. And then this week flows from last week. And next week is going to flow from this as well. Next week, we're going to talk about how do we actually get to the point as humans that we can do what God did for us when Jesus canceled our debt and nailed him to the cross? How in the world do we as humans, how do we cancel a debt? We're going to talk about that next week. This week, we just wanted to talk about the importance that it has to happen. How in the world do we actually do this? We're going to talk about it. And once again, it's not going to be easy. And once again, it's not going to be natural to our broken humanity, this side of heaven. But one thing, forgiveness, according to Paul, according to God's spirit, who had Paul write that down, forgiveness is the way out of bitterness. It is freeing. Forgiveness is life-giving. Forgiveness is necessary. Because without forgiveness, you and I have a debt that we could never repay. So as we get ready to talk about the process of forgiveness next week, here's what we're asking you to do this week. The next step we're asking you to take this week is, will you actually make those two lists? Will you make a list that says, this is the best of me as I've been designed by God. When God's spirit is helping me live a self-controlled life, this is the best of me. And we have all visited that before in our lives. Will you write down, make a literal list, this from my experience has been the best of me through God's spirit. When he has been leading through my life, here's the best of me. Will you actually make that list? And here's the second list. When I have been at times in my life, bitter, then here's what the worst of me looked like. Would you make that second list? The best of me? through God's spirit, the worst of me when I have been experiencing bitterness. And then I want you to talk to God about those two lists. I'm going to make my list too. I have not made my list. I'm going to make my list as well. You don't have to share your list with me. This is for you. I'm not going to share my list with you. Might share it with Vanessa. (laughs) if I'm feeling uh, in a real good place. I'll share that with her. Will you make that list? But then will you talk to God about that list? And then the second thing I'm asking you to talk to God about, will you talk to God about the IOUs that you have written out for other people? Will you talk to God about this stack of IOUs? So make the two lists, talk to God about that, and then talk to God about the stack of IOUs. Because here's the truth, isn't all of this weight, isn't it heavy? I mean, we've carried it a long time. We've dealt with it a long time. We've handled it a long time. We've been waiting a long time for them to pay us back. It's burden. Next week, we're going to talk about how we can begin the process of getting rid of all of this. So I hope that you won't miss part four. Let's pray. God, I'm so grateful that your spirit gave Paul those words. I am so grateful that you are giving us a path out of bitterness. I am so grateful that you don't want us to just struggle. That you don't want us to just simply carry this weight. Because Jesus, you know full well that they will never be able to repay us. And Jesus, you know. You knew I could never repay you. And so you took the debt that I owed you and it was my life. And you nailed it to the cross. And I am so thankful. So Jesus, I pray that we would do business with you this week. That we would talk to you about these two lists after we make them. And I pray that we would talk to you about the IOUs that we've been carrying around. So, we simply say to you, Father, thank you for canceling our debts through Jesus. And we offer this prayer to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.